Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com It's 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in at Canvas Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween, dudes. What up? (laughs) Mickey, are you going as you? No, I'm a corporate shill. (laughs) Oh, all right. I'm Ted. So, (laughs) no, I love your cosplay, though, with the kids. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I did it. Hey, man. Thanks for joining us at Cannabis Legalization News. Uh, I'm Ted uh, for today because it's Halloween, dudes. So be excellent to each other. <laughs> and let's also cover a whole bunch of stuff that we have. What's our top news story of the week? We got some scary facts about the cannabis industry, you know, like there's real boogeymen out there. Halloween appropriate scary facts about the cannabis industry. Nice. Yeah, number one is the government's in the way, of course. Yeah, this is the same government that like made it illegal in the first place back in the 30s and then redid it again back in the 70s. I don't understand why government just doesn't get out of the way of the cannabis industry. <laughs> Dude, I'm so convinced. But honestly, though, why why is it easier to put someone in jail than it is to have them released? This, this is something well, that... Or- not even put someone in jail, have them released, and then give them a license to get into the business. You know, why is it so right. difficult for them to be able to get even a license to go into business? Because it's expensive as fuck. Well, uh, yes, it is expensive as AF, but um, we'll get to that. That's like number two of our yeah. top Halloween scary, terrifying facts of the industry. It is expensive AF. Uh, it's quite expensive. You guys think that the cannabis industry is expensive. Don't forget to smash some likes and click subscribe because we'll do content about how we can try to bring the cost down. But it's really hard because, like, you know, you can put a half a million dollars worth of inventory into a dispensary. Well, it's not just cost, too. It's also about the uh, um I want to say the right persons are being paid off, right? Jack, like in the most recent uh, blind lottery that happened in New Hampshire, I mean, all you have to do is stack the odds in your favor at some point. Uh, let's go ahead and then report on that. I can I can share my screen on on that one. That's that's the Kittery, Maine. It wasn't uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island's oh, okay. their sh- stuff together. But yeah, out in Kittery, Maine, they just had a lottery uh, last. When was it Thursday? Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> but think about that: seven hundred fifty dollars entry fee. So that's how much a lottery ticket costs. More than seven hundred applications for three licenses. Damn, but. Well, and then again, uh, I bet you if you can afford multiple seven hundred fifty dollar applications, that's what you do. That's what you do. And so, like, I was, your I tell, yeah, I told all my clients, like, okay, now apply a hundred times. There, you're going to win. And that's exactly what the person who won did. Right, and that's the thing. It's like for the barrier entry, as someone, if I wanted, if I was a resident, I can only apply for one, maybe two, if I ask a friend for a loan. You know, well, I mean, the, like the you're going to have to demonstrate your financial ability, against. right? So, like, where's your million dollars to stand up the uh, the dispo, dude? Right. Is that, is that right. one of the requirements for the apps? Very often. Yeah. And so like, yeah. that's the thing that's going on in Ohio right now. You have to be able to have the financial wherewithal to be able to do it. And you have to have it liquid in 30 days. So uh, the Ohio applications minimal $250,000 liquid. Uh, but let's yeah. say the, the plan you submit, and it's going to be a lottery, just like what happened in Kittery, Maine. The plan that you submit is, says that your build out and all the other stuff before you get to your inventory is going to be, I don't know, $400,000, let's say. 
then it's not two fifty. You need to show the four hundred thousand dollars. Where's the cash? We want it, mm. and then you're going to have to go uh, invest it. That carried me one though. I thought that was kind of interesting as far as like the uh, the the title of the one article I saw was blind FBI blindfolded FBI agent pulls from the little ball bingo ball routes, which is, right. I mean, to, honestly, that is a fair way. Better than yep. the KPI. But, you know, hey, man, there's a fellow collateral based lawyer was quoted in this article. And so uh, social equity is very important to make reparations in the communities harmed by the war on drugs. The fact they didn't include makes the process questionable, uh, says David Levitt uh, in our Boston office. He because we had a we had a we successfully got somebody in the lottery, but then trying to talk the um, person into buying uh, 350 application tickets like Brandon Pollock and Nick Friedman, they did. Uh, they are co-founders of a well-heeled cannabis company with stores in Maine and Massachusetts, and they bought more than 350 wow. lottery tickets at 750 bucks a ticket, spending more than a quarter million dollars, and it worked. They won two of the three lotteries. And so let's just do that math right quick because it's 750 bucks for a lottery ticket times 350. That's $262,500 just on lottery tickets, but they won two out of three. So let's say that one of those dispensaries is worth $5 million. They turned $262,000 into $10 million. Oh my God. And, well, uh, why didn't you guys do it? I mean, like, that's the thing. Like when I'm talking to my clients, I'm like, okay, we'll get you in. Now let's talk about how many times you're going to apply. Damn. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's the, the, the time that you, you should put all. And again, it's about the odds. Like if you were in Vegas, any Vegas person would tell you stack the odds in your favor. Right. Like, that's well, this is the statistical edge. I mean, client lost. <laughs> Right. But they're like in the mastermind yeah. course that we have, it's going to include how to hack a lottery and you can get the how to hack a lottery course from me on knowledge.cannabisindustrylawyer.com. Uh, and then I'll go through your state's lottery and how you could go about hacking it. The problem then becomes, well, you still might not want to spend the $250,000. Now, like if I told you that if you spent that $250,000, you would get 10 million people would leave. They would ask everybody yeah. for money and come back and be like here. And then they'd, they'd spend it on uh, the lottery tickets. And so like, you know, the, the, the little kid remain, they raised like over a half a million dollars in lottery tickets for trying to get one of just three dispensaries. Wow. But that liquidity requirement is definitely a, a barrier for the average Joe. Yeah, but there's no social you know, equity. Whereas so like our client, involved, apparently. Yeah, but our client, African-American, yeah. a military and veteran, no social equity, uh, no leg up at all, just $262,000 for lottery tickets. And that's essentially what happened in um, Illinois. They did the same thing. Instead of 262000 they spent $1.7 million. Yeah, but Illinois, you guys had another. Again, I think the bingo ball thing is the best and fairest way to ever do that. I, the KPI ratings are still questionable, in my yeah, opinion. KPMG besides the sued. barrier needed just to get in. There's that. The barrier to get in is really, really high. But then also, yeah, they should. Yeah, but where where's the lottery limits then? So like, if you don't want to get a statistical edge by, I don't know buying half of the tickets and so if they draw one of the tickets there's a 50 percent chance you're going to win they're going to draw three times what is the chance that you get one 100 percent. what's the chance that you get two eh, maybe 25 and he, and he did yeah no it's insane that is unfortunate but and then that's the you know as more players with bigger money get involved like like why be tobacco why you know and there's been speculation about Marlboro having like patents for packs of cigarettes or whatnot but and just like alcohol is getting involved you know Paps PBR and uh, uh, Lagunitas they're getting involved in the CBD beverage side of things but I think I'm having the a alcohol industry is but this is a hop a hop water zero alcohol it just kind of tastes like beer really. Yeah, okay. I wish it had five milligrams in it because like Lagunitas has hi-fi hops. And so it'd be basically this with five milligrams of THC. Well, did I tell you when I walked out in Bedman in L.A. when I was making my my, my trip, uh, right when you walk out was a cooler like you see in 7-Eleven, like, you know, like the with the sodas and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Full of CBD beverages like but from PBR and Lagunitas and other manufacturers. I was just quite like, this is the future. 
This, yeah. this is yeah, this is what people are afraid of. They're afraid of yeah. things being store-bought containers. You guys are crazy. You're Why? Like, I think it would be fantastic. Five milligram beers. You know, you, you get six beers deep. You've had 30 milligrams. You're going to be feeling pretty darn good. Uh, and then you'd go home and eat a pizza. Hell, I mean, even I think the consumption, the, the, the high, or for lack of a better word, high, from edibles versus smoking it i don't get like the munchies after uh, edibles you know i get more relaxed more sedated oh yeah what if you were doing an edible of the the strange yeah. snow leopard snow leopard that's right it is a heavy oh, is that, that one of the uh that might take a little bit of time on you it's that creeper stuff I wonder what terpene makes uh, cannabis creepy. Like, you know, like how it slowly eases in on you. Sometimes that cannabis just hits you. Like, you know, uh, the vape pens, I think, are quicker. Uh, But then. Well, there's still a lot. I think, again, research-wise, to be experienced. Because until we get to um, uh, an even playing field for everybody to have a chance to experience the plant, you know, I, I... I don't trust any lab testing. I don't trust, uh, um, not pretty much it, just the lab testing, you know, and we need it all like a, a standard reference to, to say on the East coast and West coast, right? Like I had some blue dream and it made me feel this way. So, you know, the guy on the, on the other side of the country who smoked the same blue dream can be like, yeah, um, I had that same experience or just like coffee. Cause coffee doesn't make everybody wired. Sometimes some people have special systems that it shuts them down, which is crazy. And again, this is why we have an endocannabinoid system. Each one of us is different, and the plant affects us all differently. Oh, yeah. Not only that, you know, let's go back to the main story. We have a listicle going on, the top things that are standing, the the, the scariest facts about the cannabis industry. And fact number three, big tobacco is getting involved. And so that's been reported out of various things. This one is from the BMJ.com blog, and it is from April of 20. 21, Philip Morris invested $20 million in Israeli-based Cetic Medical and a, to develop a cannabis inhaler. And then in June of 18, uh, Britain's Imperial Brands, I wonder which, because I don't smoke British, I don't smoke any cigarettes, so like, well, uh, and then in December of 2018, Altria, which owns Marlboro, invested $1.8 billion in Kronos. So the big tobacco is getting into big cannabis where they can. It's kind of almost going to be natural. I think more natural for them to be involved in the, in the product than big alcohol, because the same requirements of tobacco meets the the plant. You know, there's no seed to sell with tobacco. No seed to sell tracking. Nope. But there is uh, federal requirements on like farming and whatnot. You know, they have to meet. There's certain the requirements. I think tobacco meets is what cannabis is going to have to meet in the end. Oh, I think it's going to be more stringent uh, simply because like, you know, all the tobacco is grown outdoors. Most of the weed is not. Or, right. Yeah, yeah, we don't even have outdoor cultivation in the state of Illinois. So all the st- stuff that you've had in Illinois has to have been grown somewhere. But, you know, as far as like from my perspective, from uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, everyday citizen, uh, everyday scientist, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, t- tobacco is way more addictive than cannabis. So in the end, the studies will show that cannabis should not be treated the way it's been treated for the past hundred years, you know, and the people who consume this plant, you know, we're not all lazy stoners, like just sitting at home, locked in the couch, even though it's a Sunday and I don't have a lot of plans today, except for running errands, but it's Halloween, dude, you're supposed to, oh, that's right. Uh, All your kids are grown up. They don't go trick or treating no more, do they? I don't go out with them no more. My youngest is there. He's going to go out tonight and then today. And then, uh, but yeah, we're going to, part of the errands is I got to go stock up the candy bowl. Cause, uh, yeah, I'm a little worried about the candy supply where we uh, live now because like I moved into Children's Central. It's creepy. And yeah. that's, that's one of the creepiest things. Like all these families that just like have children and they're, they're everywhere playing. And I'm like, where am I? Uh, but, uh, you know, so I'm assuming that it's just going to be a throng and just a mob of people at the, um, uh, uh, the the trick or treating in the neighborhood. Hopefully, we have enough candy. <laughs> well, that that's always a concern, and uh, it's fun when you take your little one out too, because then you find the houses that are partying, and sometimes they have treats for the adults. Mm. Yeah, 
I'm not sure if I'm going to be giving out any of this purple banana, but let me tell you something. <laughs> it is very fruity. And it's a good upbeat. And it's not a scary strain at all. It's more of a daytime strain. Nice, dude. So, uh, you know, we got number four, which is a pretty big one, which might get cleared up this year. Oh, really? Uh, let's let's hope so. But, you know, with number four, uh, we are covering scary facts about the cannabis industry. Number four is no traditional banking. Ooh. Right. Yeah, sucks. Speaking of, like, I got kicked out of Stripe. And so, like, and I don't, it's not plant touching. You know, <laughs> I just educate people and then I help them. Granted, I help them like get into a lost license lottery where they can get a license, but um, you're not even allowed to do that or like advertise it. And so even when you're an ancillary business, if you're attached, if you're associated with the plant, uh, the banks might not like that once they figure out where your money's coming from. Did you get pinged because it was cannabis industry lawyer? Like that's what it's under. And when, when you, when you process it through the website, I don't know. I mean, whenever you have like a large company like that, you're, it's always, you never get an answer out of Google, you know, you never get an answer right. out of Stripe. And so like, I, uh, I'll see what I can do if there's something that I have to set up or one of the sites that I, I use my LLC to go through, uh, their websites down, but I don't know. And so I'll, I'll see if I have to bring that site back up and then, and then they'll say yes. Or if it's just, no, you can't, we're not going to use you because of the, the business that you're doing, but there's other payments providers that are out there. And those payment providers will probably yeah. one day become sponsors of its 420 somewhere. Yeah, no, I was just curious because there's another uh, website that I'm familiar with <clears throat> locally cannabis friendly one uh respect my region a uh, bunch of kids they do music and, and cannabis and uh they got pinged off of instagram you know it's weird how we get pinged for off links like things that are not connected for the actual thing that we do so their instagram page never had any cannabis anything like that they try to be as savvy as with that as possible but then their website has cannabis all over it but the cannabis or the website is not the Instagram, but yet they got pinged for being cannabis associated. So, you know, these, these companies are looking at your offlinks and whatever, whatever you're associated with, you know, they're trying to put that all together in a group. So yeah. I just, that's why I'm serious about like what the name of your website was associated with the payment plan and all that crap, you know? Oh no, my, my website definitely has the word cannabis and lawyer in it, but then that's the thing. It's, it's not cannabis. It's it's law. It's services. It's advice. It's not anything. Uh, it, I'm not I'm not selling it by the gram, you know. Right. I'm selling it by the yeah. hour. Yeah. I mean, it's like being just a, even if you were just a website that that produced like articles every day for for whatever. You're still not a plant touching thing, but yeah, right. you, you talk about the plant, which is deems you part of the stigma, mm-hmm. which is but one hopefully. of our uh, uh, you know things against. Uh, <laughs> Huh. Right. Well, I mean, uh, this fall, the the Safe Banking Act may get wrapped up into the budget. And another very yeah. terrifying, scary thing, when they uh, negotiate these budgets through continuing resolutions, smash them likes and click subscribe for more stories on continuing resolutions. Wait a second. We have to take a short break. I've just been handed an urgent bulletin. It is 420 somewhere. Maybe we should just say we're smoking tobacco. I mean, what do these fuckers really know? Well, considering this is a cigarette, I'm assuming that it is a rich, mild North Carolinian tobacco cigarette. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah brother, and the stigma. That, that and that's you know, again, after the banking, that's the the next. Uh, part of the, the the things against cannabis because we have real monsters out against us, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it's horrible. And that's the stigma, you know, this, this, this thing that you can't consume and you're not functional or people blaming cannabis for like just the other day uh, on the last show, when I was coming uh, to work, when I was going to work, smoking my early morning bowl on the way to work, uh, there was a tractor trailer that blocked the whole bridge. 90 had an accident hit like a 90 degree angle. And, 
tell you what, guaranteed cannabis wasn't involved because if, if cannabis was involved in any of these major accidents that people always worry about, that would be the first thing brought up and talked about in news and, 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 and petition for and everything. So cannabis is not the thing creating all these crazy uh, road accidents that you think is going to happen. This is, you know, all part of the stigma. You know, uh, you can't. Now, I don't want someone to, like, say, you know, get behind a forklift. That's crazy. But again, personal responsibility, because no common person who's do, who, who does their job and knows their job is going to get blazed up before they go NASCAR racing, wherever the hell you do as a profession. You know, like how often, you, Tom, do you go like before you start lawyering? You're like, I need to smoke all this joint first because I can't lawyer without it. Oh, no, I don't smoke all the joint. Like a joint will take me like two days to smoke or something. But um, I'll be like, I ain't got enough patience for this crap. Okay, now I do. And so, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not I haven't been in litigation in in, uh, months. And so it's been like a year and a half since I've been in court. Uh, And so sometimes when you're in litigation, it can be a little more stressful and contentious, conscientious, no, not conscientious, contentious and like very adversarial. So uh, you you just get more pissed off. Yeah, because you want to win. No, I understand. But again, you know your limits as you consume. You don't. And even if you say you consume too much when you were about to do a job, you're like, all right, I know to with the, you have the wherewithal, wherewithal to say, OK, not right now at this moment. Whereas you're drunk. You're like, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> let's do this and see how this happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's a part of the stigma. You know, how is it that we have alcohol, which is uh, worse for society? tobacco which is more addictive but yet we have this plant that heals people that is and, and is not the intoxicant that people are what led to believe uh uh still people serving time behind bars i mean that's the real horror stories like when lance glore and luke scarmazzo and all these other people who are sitting in real time behind bars this is i think the seventh halloween for lance glore maybe wow. more this might be the eighth he he has a 10-year sentence so he might become he might have to serve all his time without getting out, you know. And then yeah. you go back to and Washington and that's State because right. that's where he's from, right? He's from Washington State. He's operating out of there. Yeah. And so how's he going to get a license? Yeah, it's a closed yep. state. And they had a lottery. And so now he can't even get a job in that industry. And he's been sitting in prison for seven years. You know, that's happening exactly. to people. And that's just the beginning of our policy for Washington. Yeah. Uh oh, what are you lagging? Because like, I think I'm coming in fine, uh, and I haven't noticed anything with you, man. Okay, now it looks like you're coming from 1987, and it's a little herky jerky. Uh, so I'm assuming that the kids yeah, are this, gaming. This happens. We have a <laughs> the kids gaming. Yes, you, were, yes. Uh-huh. you got that on point. Yeah, right. You're on I point. Like that. Hey, uh, kids, I'm gonna go uh, do a podcast. All right. Well, we're just gonna be drinking all the bandwidth on the internet. Uh, go play outside. It's I, I bet it's a beautiful day, and I've been to Miggy's place and nice hills and everything. Time to go get some exercise. Yeah, I, I mean, like they're 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 actually going out tonight. So in and on again, this is this is first world problems, dude. Like when my yeah. kids like just want to like hang out in the house and play video games, I'm not mad. Like like it's I could be worse. They could do my boy. My littlest one, I mean, he's he's a handful in trouble, but he's also the kid that will skip school and go to the library because it's a safe space. <laughs> so, you know, I got it could have, it could be worse for me. So, yeah, bandwidth sucks. Sorry about it, everybody. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry it about it. We're just uh, doing a summary of the top st- creepy stories uh, about the cannabis industry. And we're just thoroughly explaining number four, no traditional banking. Have you ever had to drive with a whole bunch of cash in your car to make a drop off? Well, then you might be in the cannabis industry. If you have, uh, you know, think about that. You have cash handling protocols and procedures. What business outside of a, like a casino has cash handling uh, procedures? Dude, and and that's just that. If you had a jewelry store and a cannabis store right next to each other, the cannabis store is most likely going to get hit because they know it's cash only, and they can take out heavy amounts of right. product that are going to flip for more. Yeah. Do you think jewelry it's stores okay. would be robbed more often if you couldn't pay by check? Because I do. It's like, well, you know, a whole bunch of cash is right there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that, that's the, that's the magnet. That's the thing that invites all this too. So, um, crazy shit, man. Uh, then we talked about the stigma and how it follows us. Uh, well, you know, uh, well, how yeah, about? We, oh, go ahead. 
Well, just uh, narrate what you're doing so that the audience is like, oh, that's right. We're on number five or six now. Well, I think we said, but we kept adding more to earlier as we we're talking because, you know, there's there's real boogeymen, real bad things happening mm-hmm. out there in the name of cannabis prohibition that, you know, we can go on as far as like, uh, you know, number we were talking about the stigma was number five. Stigma. But, uh, number you know, five. the one thing about. Uh, yeah. And, well, the and how it follows Look, us and how we're all lazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. You're you're a lazy hippie and you haven't ever gotten a haircut or used anything besides patchouli. And by the way, why are you playing jazz music at two o'clock in the morning? What other stigmas are attached to people that smoke weed that are just wrong and bad? Like you're just lazy. That's one of them. You're just lazy. And that's say, awesome. I can right. I get all the <laughs> Okay. Nigga, you uh herka jerkin? <laughs> my my stream's like a yeah, let me get out, come back in. All right. All right. Well, Mickey dubs out and comes back in. We are going to cover one of the better stories of the week, and it has to do with COVID-19. And so some good 19 news. Uh, sometimes, you know, this does actually happen, I guess. But uh, cannabis is coming out of the COVID uh, pandemic even stronger. One of the things that I'm going to do before I get my haircut will have to do with um getting my booster. And then I, I'm going to consider COVID completely done, even if I still have to mask on a train or a plane. But uh, there you go. And so Miggy, Bingy's back. Uh, and we were just talking about a, a big story of the week that cannabis is coming out of COVID-19 even stronger. So we were too scared about the stigma and it was just kind of a downer. So we went, we went to some good news. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which know, is kind it of looks, like you're, thing, it looks right? like you're better. It's like you're totally back. You got to turn Yep. Got to turn it on and off. That's how you got to do it. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, with, with the stigma, though, like with, with the this COVID proved that the cannabis is essential. Uh, it's 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 a, it's it's a it's medicine. Right. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a, vi- a viable industry that, yep. you know, people are paying their bills. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Twenty six billion this year. That's like a 20 percent growth. I mean, like even more than that. And so up to forty six billion by twenty twenty five, because you still don't have any tax. All the sales going on in New York, New Jersey, Virginia, all those places where it's been uh, made legal, but there's no place to buy it. You know that that market's out there. It's just not being taxed right now. <laughs> Dude, if you have potential legal $26 billion, uh legal market, this is why there's so many cannabis media influencers, uh, podcasters, you know, because if you become uh, just one fraction of a gateway into this $26 billion legal industry, you know, you, you, they're kingmakers. There, there will be. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. There will be kingmakers because right now this is the Europe of weed in America uh, in the sense that there is no cross brand or cross uh, state brand outside of like cookies, maybe Cresco, maybe uh, uh, the Jungle Boys and maybe also um, like in some of the publicly traded ones, you know, because they and, and those ones just because they were able to do ATC areas. And so like the alternative treatment centers that are the huge um uh, vertically integrated operators that cost tens of millions of dollars to adequately capitalize. Those are some of the ones, but they don't yeah. even have brands. They always rip off the same genetics out of California that somebody else does cross it up and say it's their thing. You know? Well, that's what I'm saying with, with, with a multi vendor with the States in like a, like a cookies. I don't trust uh, state by state. Like, I don't think the same cookies I smoke in uh, Washington is the same cookies uh, you smoke in Indiana. Illinois, you know, I, I, there's too many factors when it comes to uh, growing, you know, the no, soil it, the same, the altitude, correct, nutrients. the soil, the altitude, the, yeah, all of those things, they make differences, the humidity levels, of course, uh, and so that's, the growers. that is, that is the growers, that's right, you know, what goes into it, um, but, you know, there's good weed all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I just it's branding, and and I think it's just effing with people's though uh, knowledge base. Still. All right. Well, you know, turning away from uh, post-pandemic cannabis is a golgothin of an industry news. Uh, let's get back to these terrible, scary facts about the marijuana industry. Number six: the government had a patent on cannabinoids f- for the whole time. 
like the whole time it's this patent has expired it expired on one of our shows that we were doing about a year ago it was pretty interesting we just happened to start talking about patent six six five zero three oh seven what's the name of the patent anybody any anybody in the comments six six three six six three five zero seven i thought but you know it's uh one of those deals were zero five zero seven zero five zero seven perhaps that's it uh that one that patent has gone off and so that patent arose in like the mid 90s late 90s and so like i think it went off uh patent in like last year 2020 perhaps uh, and so yeah cannabinoids as well, neuroprotectorants antioxidants what else was it it was something else besides neuroprotectorant and antioxidant it was just Cannabinoids good for you. Well, the interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah well, uh, the, the 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 also with the glaucoma, the the decompression type stuff. But the the interesting thing too about that patent, if you do research on it, is like it stems off of research from like the 30s and 40s, like knowledge that has been known about this plant scientifically, not making it something that says like it'll give you cancer. Mm-hmm. Like how many times have there been studies that said this will give you cancer? Well, I mean, a, plant, a lot of times, and, like even with tobacco. tobacco. A lot, but then like they they fought the the cancer well, I mean, like, aspect in tobacco all, all the way through till the nineties. Like just twenty five thirty years ago, the executives from tobacco companies were testifying before Congress that their product was safe and that it did not cause cancer. Just wearing a suit, lying for your jobs uh, to Congress. Yeah. And that was totally legal. Meanwhile, you get caught with uh, some sun-grown medicine from Humboldt County in the mid-90s, and you're screwed. Like, you know, that would have been right after the the drug bill or whatever, like, you know, the, the tough-on-crime bills in the mid-90s. Uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, 100%. Oh, there yeah. she oh, is. Cannabinoids as antioxidants and newer protectants. That's what I was looking for. Yes. Neuroprotectants, right. And so protectant. We that, know that, that, yeah, that, it, yeah. that it helps you protect your brain. Uh, and then we are going to continue to say that it causes brain damage. That's one of the stigmas. Let's go dive back into stigma again. Weed causes brain damage. I remember that one when I was a child. They'd say it all the time as if it was a fact. And then you find out decades later, it was just lies. It was just lies. But what about the children? But what about the children? We can't have them smoking at 16, 17, 18. <laughs> well, Even though it's I medicine, that though. Was, you know, this, just well, like with Charlotte's Web. I thought, though, that the statistics said that um, uh, when legalization comes, teen use does not uh, go up. You know, did you hear That's that true. one? That, 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 that came out. Legit fund findings. I know Washington State was one of them where uh, less kids are smoking uh, vapes and tobacco products uh, or in cannabis, too, because I, I think the stigma is with, with the smoking. You know, that's yeah. uh, did you find them. Well, yeah. I mean, this was reported this past week, you know, two days ago. Marijuana legalization not in, associated with increased use, uh, increased risk of mental prohibition for adults will use to underage uh, use and then um, with increased mental illness or suicide. Oh, neat. So when a state legalizes, it's not like uh, that state experiences upticks in mental illness uh, diagnosis or suicides, but that people are still saying this. That's part of the stigma right there. That terrible one where, you know, what do, what will it cause? Think of the children, that aspect of it. And so legalization not associated with increased risk of mental illness or suicide, despite what some opponents of the policy change have argued. According to a new study, where was the study uh, completed from? Researchers with the Case Western Reserve School of Medicine, Yale Law School, Cato Institute, Reason Foundation, and others investigated the issue to see if the conclusions from an earlier study held up. So in 2013, this study found no relationship between state-level medicinal uh, medical cannabis and legalization of mental illness. The researchers followed the methodology for that study for an update, and they found uh, that had been duplicated again. So now it's becoming science in the sense that they've done a study and then they've replicated the study. I hope they continue to replicate these studies so that we eventually will be able to say, look, we've finally done the studies. Now change the flipping federal law. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get into studies, right? Like, like this shows that everything that people have been fear mongering for the Kevin Sabats, the, 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 the the Kennedys, uh, whoever's uh, running smart now, um, these people are fear mongering that, 
society would be worse if we legalize it, right? All wrong. Matter of fact, it'll be better because now you can have a proper perspective on justice and also drugs. Like, let's just teach our children, you know, actually what, you know, uh, uh, from from coffee to heroin, you know, cannabis shouldn't be scheduled, period. You know, it shouldn't be scheduled the way it is. Right. The, you know, if we can just deschedule it, which is uh, one of the ones we're talking about for this facts is one or, of the most or, terrifying, terrifying facts about cannabis for our Halloween episode. Terrifying ca- fact number seven. Cannabis is a schedule one controlled substance. Under federal law. Up there with heroin. Yeah. That means that it has no medical use. That means it's highly prone to abuse and it's unsafe even under a doctor's care. Those are the elements that comprise the Schedule 1 classification for these substances. And it's just the biggest flipping lie that I know of when it comes to Congress. When this law is changed, we will have to find the next biggest lie and point at that one. But considering that this has been allowed to go on throughout all of our lives, uh, the vast majority of people that are listening are less than 80, you know, or 85 now. So it's been illegal and it's been the federal agenda for your whole life. And it's all a lie. And and again, this plant was... People were testimony in Congress about how this plant makes uh, 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 white women want to sleep with uh, uh, a black man and and turns into a bat. You know what I mean? Like legit, like testimony, a bunch of grownups like this is a serious topic. I did the research, which you did not, you Mm -hmm. know, and 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 it can clearly base that you did not do the research because every study and every every study has proven that cannabis does not need to be scheduled or, uh, uh, you know, just have a law against it. Shouldn't be, there shouldn't be prohibition. No, there shouldn't. But then, again, it is not a Schedule One substance. It is a Schedule yeah. One substance, but it is not a Schedule One substance. It's only one because of a matter of law. It has nothing to do with the actual facts. Exactly. It's, it's just, yeah, how, you know, cannabis is, is going to make your kids uh, uh, murderers. Or kill them, or turn them into the gateway drug. I mean, how much other bullshit stories do we have to hear go through before we can just say, okay, world, America, you know, it's not the plant that you're taught. We don't have to worry about that. We can stop arresting people, stop taking kids away. You know, there's too much money being made in just all the wrong parts. <laughs> right. There's just way too much. Law enforcement. All the crap. Law enforcement, prison industry, you know, prosecutors, lawyers, um, the people who make turkey bags. Um, of course, I think that they, they just say that they're an oven bag and they think that they'd, they'd still sell them without without the legalization issue. I bet you can buy turkey bags from just like a regular um, uh, sh- you know, equipment shop now. Oh shit, dude! Like you mean like a, probably like in a in a grow shop or yeah, something? Right. But you know, one of the uh, the hardest ones too, and why this uh, prohibition is the the horror story of Halloween, right? This is the real mm-hmm. monster that we have in our world. Uh, then most people will admit how many times you know because we need the studies apparently, right? All these times we need more studies, and also. How many times are you told it's not medicine? It's not, it's not, you know, every time it goes to court, the DEA says it's not medicine or there's no viable medicine. But how can that be when there are still two living federal patients? That's the ultimate irony that they say that it's schedule one and therefore not medicine has absolutely no medicinal properties. What's so flipping ever. And there are federal medical patients because of the IND, the innovative novel drug act of like 1976 or something. And and that allowed for uh, research or like innovative uh, usages of otherwise restricted products, including marijuana. So Irv Rosenfeld, uh, and then what's the other Elva, uh, there's some of the still living ones. Yeah, uh, and they closed the program in the early '90s. Remember, remember that, Miggy? Do you remember them closing the program? Oh yeah, that's just a way for them because we don't want to get the truth out. <laughs> you know, right. closing that program, I think, is one of the easier ways to manipulate the conversation. But thankfully for the internet, and and now people know how to Google, and we. People like you and I can't keep our mouth shut. People know that there is patients and there's a federal 
patent. But why is it they keep saying it's not medicine? This is not in a court of law of all right. points. Like when that, that's so frustrating. How can you say that as fact when it's not? That's what the law says. What studies were you going to? Who were you asking? That's what the law says. And so that's just I, the, I don't whole, get it, though. the whole strange thing. Congress finds our facts in this world. We're a nation of laws, not of men. And that's why some of our laws are complete, utter BS, you know, and including the cannabis ones. Uh, and then they have these two federal patients. They're still alive because of this innovative novel drug program in the 1970s that was closed in the mid-90s and really st- that's when the medical marijuana movement started to take off, especially in the Bay Area of California. Uh, and it had to do with AIDS. AIDS started to become uh, a, a very prevalent uh, condition, uh, you know, 30 years ago, maybe even more. Uh, and they found that cannabis helped with it. And so all these AIDS patients were requesting to join this, this uh, uh, program. And so the Bush administration shut it down. And that's when uh, a lot of the uh, medical cannabis movements in the Bay Area really got going, because then you couldn't even get this this federal program that was there. Yeah. And and cannabis proved at that time, too, because part of the conditions of AIDS, it helped relieve a lot of the pain and and actual and and not just uh, from the disease itself, but from chemotherapy treatment, because a lot of people were getting cancers and whatnot and getting treated Mm -hmm. with chemo. It helps with and, and with eating and everything. It's a it's it it proved to be a wellness with so many people that were dying in pain for a disease at the time that no one knew or understood about. And and then instead of confronting the facts of the matter and doing the right thing, they just closed the program. And so then they now have states because that was about twenty five years ago now. And so yeah. now you have states and like nineteen of them are in outright opposition or, or defiance of the federal government. And that's the real horror story. And then what do they legalize it? No, they might let banking go on. They might give you banking, but it'll still be illegal. That's all we're ready to do right now. It's like, wow, you guys just ignore it. And and it's still gotten bigger and bigger, but it's not there because of all the stigma and the lies. Yep. And, and money. You know, who, who, who else do we have to pay off next? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it's a big part of here, man. If money wasn't a factor, then uh, uh, state by state, there would be fair, a fair uh, process to all these licenses and registrations. Right. And as far as I can tell, none of it's fair unless you already have that. Like you said, that bankroll, you know, right. and, and, and I'd imagine there's only six, maybe not like 60. Jesus. There's probably only like 30% of Americans who can have, have that kind of bankroll. Like to, oh, to just say, no, well, 8% of up. Americans, 8% of Americans are millionaires. So it's probably only like 92% of the people not going to do it. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's um, something to remember. Remember smashing likes and click subscribe. If you want to learn stupid little facts, like how many percent of American is a millionaire, but also uh, there's another story that I wanted to cover uh, before yeah. we wrap up. I mean, just to kind of show and highlight all these, the realities that are there, like the stigmas, the d- d- changes in laws, which create a very, very high cost of doing business, the cash handling. It's all in this article that somebody uh, sent to me from Kansas company challenges, seizure of marijuana proceeds in Kansas. And it was a, uh, let's see. And this company, a cash management company, is asking the federal court to return 166000 in proceeds from sales of a Missouri medical marijuana store that was seized in Kansas. The Dickinson County, Kansas Sheriff's Office seized the money in May of 2021 as it was being driven from Kansas to Colorado. Medical marijuana is legal in both Missouri and in Colorado, but the use of that marijuana is illegal in Kansas. And so what do you do there? Then, you know, let's say you make that transfer or you make the sale in uh, in uh, Missouri, it's legal. You have a license to handle this cash, but you're an MSO. How do you get your money from one pot to the other pot? You yeah. drove it through Kansas and then they're like, thank you. That's our money. No, well, we don't have legal marijuana here and it's federally illegal. We're keeping this money. That is that's drug proceeds. My, my question is about the road pirates. Like, why did they decide to pull this guy over? And at one point, did, why did they search the vehicle? Like, like was there a money-sniffing dog on there? Like, at what level did this escalate to, like, you got to check my trunk? 
then mm-hmm. you find all this money, and uh, you know, because I bet you they ran the plates. They were targeted, man. Right. You know, it might have been. But it's, you're prohibiting the transport of legitimate Whatever funds that, that were acquired in one state. And we're not talking about products here, but the results of legal, reportable, taxable transactions being seized by another state. And so uh, I like it. I think these are very interesting constitutional uh, questions that have me wanting to get back into court because, you know, sometimes being in court's fun, especially, uh, you know, when you're in it for just the right reasons and the client has the ability to pay. And especially if there's an attorney's fees clause, that is a nice thing to have. If any of your contracts are lacking attorney's fees clauses, stop that. Put them back in there. What he said. <laughs> But like, and again, though, like, because this is almost a federal case, then wouldn't be considered. It's filed in federal court. Yeah, so this could give us some money back, is what it is. Yeah, because it was said. This set a federal like uh, transbill precedent, perhaps. Uh, it can. We're going to have to or see how this thing's going to actually go. I mean, like, is this going to get? Uh, is this going to get briefed? Uh, is this going to get argued? Is there a jury? Um, it's going to be interesting. Mm. Represents marijuana business. And that's the other frustrating part. Perplexing because it involves seized products from marijuana transactions rather than seizing the drug itself. Right. And so there's just taking the money, but not the the substance. And not only that, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. In the federal affidavit, DEA Special Agent Brian Wilcher wrote that about 166 was seized after a drug-sniffing dog reacted to the smell of marijuana on the cash in Topeka, Kansas. Now, clearly, weed money smells like weed, uh, and they still have drug-sniffing dogs in certain jurisdictions. And so that's how they found the $165,000. Um, but still- there's no money in the Fed. Oh, there might be. Nope, nope, because Missouri, so the money came from medical cannabis, which means that there's no money in the federal budget for, and it came from the licensed regulated sale of it. So there's a receipt and all that other stuff. This this would be a motion to dismiss the lawsuit or the motion to dismiss the prosecution. This is the McIntosh case from 2016. So that would be fun. Um, Ms. This- Jan Douglas, the attorney out of Denver based, Kenton, Alino, Nagel, and Song, give me a call. Let's talk about a motion to dismiss based on... Um, uh, the Macintosh case out of the Ninth Circuit from 2016. This is the kind of shit, though. You, you, when you, this is this is this is the kind of shit when you're younger and like you guys are smoking like in a, in, a, in a, your mom's basement somewhere, and then the one guy goes, "All right, hear this out. All right, so money's bought over here in Colorado, and then we go across." Kansas, but yet no crime or nothing happened in Kansas, but yet the road pirates decide to take my money out because they can. So technically it's like armed robbery because they got guns and shit. So I was armed robbed in Kansas on my way to another legal state with the cash that I already had. Like how the fuck did Kansas think they have the right to take this money? Like a crime wasn't committed in that state. If yeah. there, if if it's if it's from that, but, but then so you're again, still not entitled to it. Yes, you are. Like if this, if you change the facts ever so slightly, and you say uh, this cannabis money arose from an unlicensed sale. So it wasn't a sale subject to the Missouri medical cannabis rubric and regulatory scheme, which there's no money to enforce the federal laws. If that money came from there, then you'd say, no, you can't do it. But if it was just from Johnny's grow down the street and the money came from an unauthorized source, then they actually absolutely have a claim against it. Uh, I just don't think they have a claim with this particular fact pattern. But no, but I mean, like, but even if you like, whether it became from, you know, your, your cousin's backyard or a business in the next state, the, the fact that these, these cops did not find crime in their state like doesn't the jurisdiction lie where the crime happened like doesn't it say and then if you don't if you're trying to find this money source you know and i told you it happened in another state and i can prove it to you you don't have any say because that's where the money came from whether it happened in your state or not yeah i it's it's a thornier issue than that but also it's not a crime to have money it's crime yeah. to have weed. My money smells like weed, but it's just money. Can I have it back? I, what crime? Like, you know, like, well, you had weed. Had weed? 
So exactly. It's, it's not a crime to had weed. You know, uh, it, the weed ain't here. The weed's the crime. Like the, the money's not the crime. The weed's crime. You know, what was I say? They didn't catch shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I say we uh, we play we wrap this up by going over some classic Halloween strains and we do a little name that strain while we do that. And we kind of do a little outro because that was my last story. This sounds good. Cool. Boom. There it is. Look at that strain in all of its glory. It is a Halloween strain appropriate for today. Halloween. It looks really nice. uh, Good trim, uh, hand trim, uh, probably because you can see all the nooks and crannies in there. Uh, The stigma look very red and uh, they've sunken in a little bit. So that looks uh, ripe. Let's see here. Would you say they're red or pumpkin orange? Pumpkin orange because of the day. Just like this. This is an orange uh, jacket that Ted is totally Ted for the day, man. Uh, And uh, yeah. And so that's it's it's called something. Let's see. <laughs> Very. Uh, I love all the trichome. What a pretty yeah. plant. Right. What a. Cool. We got a hint for this. I don't know. Let's just talk about some Hollywood strains. There's candy Kush. Put some candy <laughs> in your Kush. Ghost train haze. There might be a, a, a twinge of ghost train haze in in this sample that we have right there. That is. Uh, it's also known as three little letters jtr so that's a little hint i guess uh hellfire og that sounds like something that you would um you would smoke on uh halloween how about ghost og there you go totally uh let's see pennywise that's a good uh balanced uh, type 2 cannabis where you have a lot of cbd so if you want a relaxed balanced experience reach for the pennywise zombie og that looks like one oh shout out to chad westport always chad just named it Jack the <laughs> Ripper. JTR, a flagship hybrid marijuana strain from Subcools the Dank, and it was created to make his famous Jack's cleaner in seed form. Described by many as the fastest lemon haze available to date. And of course, if you're tuning in and you know how long haze plants take to finish, don't forget to smash those likes and also click subscribe. And let's talk about if you can get a license in this industry. So um, it was crossed by... Jack's cleaner clone with a vigorous space queen male known as Space Dude. And it features an incredibly resinous triangle-shaped buds and intense spicy lemon pine aroma. Jack the Ripper is a relatively short strain for a um, haze. R.I.P. TJ so cool. (laughs) Another old school uh, grower seed person. Um, I'd like to shout out the, the heritage. You know, people need to learn the facts. You know, a lot of these growers wouldn't be here. People weren't, you know, like growers like Subcool, Miss Jill. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good people out there. Right, Chad? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope everybody has a happy Halloween. Yes. That's scary. Yeah. How should we take it out? Lauren, you want to wrap us up? Sure, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday or Sunday. Keep your notifications on. We'll see you.